like being touched, held, cuddled up with, we're going to discuss it so that you can get and give more of it on this edition of Frank Relationships. You're listening to Frank Relationships with Frank Love. Frank Love. Frank Love. Frank Love. Frank Love. Yes. As always, those are my babies. Mwah. Thanks for getting Daddy started. Cuddling guru, teacher, and advocate, Eddie Edie Weinstein, is with us today. And I'm curious, how does healthy touch enhance relationships? Well, um, I would like to say, uh, first of all, I'm, I'm honored that you call me a cuddling guru. I've never been called that before, but thank <laughs> you. Um, and it's not, we're hardwired for touch. Uh, people are born with skin hunger. And as, you know, as a father, you know that when your children feel loved up, when they feel nur- touched in a nurturing way, they thrive. Mm-hmm. Without that, children fail to thrive. Adults do, too. So that kind of touch is so essential for not just survival, but for thriving. Hmm. I was at, uh, I was picking up my daughter from school yesterday, um, and there's a, there's a gap between... So she has to be picked up. The youngest has to be picked up at 315. Okay. The mm-hmm. the other two get picked up at 330. Okay. So there's a little gap. So we okay. were sitting in the hallway, and she was sitting on my lap. I was sitting on the floor. Um, and she cuddled up right in my my Whoa. my lap. And, and not just sitting there, but she just turned in and cuddled up. And people walking by were like, Isn't wow. One brother was said, <laughs> he said, I, I should take a picture of that. Wow. The, the counselor yeah. at the school. Um, and so I, cuddling is is something special yes. for sure. Yes. I love. I'll be the first to tell anybody. I love being touched. <laughs> really? You know, some places more than others. <laughs> but I no certain. shock there. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. I love. I love it. So awesome. Okay. I now s- before you ask. No, you know what? I never touched Frank. I'm touching him now. This is insane. Oh, well. <laughs> so I can imagine. I was, I she does good. touch me. <laughs> give a hug each other that. when we yes, see we each other. Yes, we do hug each other when we're ceremonious, Edie. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, but I was getting ready to say before you before you continue, I wanted Edie to say more about this idea that we are born skin mm-hmm. hungry. You say skin hunger. Mm-hmm. Oh, skin hunger. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I mean, think about it. A baby exists in this wonderful, warm pool yes. where they're in close, well, we, because all of us came into the world that way, um, where we're surrounded by comfort, we're surrounded by safety. Um, as we grow, the confines get closer. So being in the womb is like this nine-month hug. And when we come out into the world, we come, you know, unless we're born in water, because there are water births, mm-hmm. um, unless we're born in a warm, cozy environment, it's freezing. We want that warmth. We're, you know, we're, we come out wailing because I think we miss that. So when babies are swaddled um, after they're born, when they're held, when they're nursed immediately afterward, 
um, I, I find, I mean, statistically, I don't know, but I imagine that babies do better when they're held that way. Um, so I think that that has a lot to do with it. But as we get older, we're told don't touch. Um, you know, in schools, very sadly, um, children are told not to touch each other, not to hug, not to hold hands. Uh, when I was growing up in the 60s and 70s, um, there was a lot of affection among my friends. But because of people taking advantage of that, and we'll mm-hmm. talk a little more about that later, about touch by consent, uh, you know, or, or schools where kids are pushing and shoving, they're told it's better not to touch at all. And we lose so much because of that. Wow. We lose so much of our humanity because of that. Is there a mid-ground that you would suggest for schools? Yeah, absolutely. Um, there was a time, a few, um, more than a few, maybe 10 years ago, when I was a substitute guidance counselor in a school district near me. And it was um, K through 6, the kids that I worked with. And every morning, the teachers, the counselors would greet the kids at the door with hugs. And we were told side hugs only, not full frontal hugs. And, you know, only, you know, by asking, is this okay? Um, so I think there's a middle ground. I also teach um, mindfulness for four to six-year-olds, and there is nothing like being hug-swarmed by a bunch of kindergarten kids. Mm. <laughs> or they just, like, all around me. So that middle ground is, is it okay if I, you know, if I put my hand on your shoulder? Is it okay if I hold your hand? Um, you know, and I talk to the kids about their bubbles like the bubble around them, because kids can get a little pushy sometimes and grabby. So we say, okay, this is your bubble, this is my bubble, and you have to ask before you come into it. So I think that's a happy medium. Now, I don't work for a school district, so I don't set the, the rules, but that's what I would do if, if it were me. Mm-hmm. Which is better? Is it better to allow children the opportunity or the and the freedom to hug one another with the possibility that someone and maybe even probability that at some point someone's going to do something con- that will be considered inappropriate um or to ban hugging altogether all or and well, touching I think it has oh, I'm sorry no go on I think it has to start with education um it, it has to start with okay you're coming into school uh, well, actually, I think it starts at home, even before school, is the way touch is taught at home, that if parents uh, have children understand their body is their own, nobody touches them without permission, because a lot of people grew up with touch that was either limited, abusive, coercive, sexual, or non-existent. Uh, so in the home where I grew up, it was plentiful, by consent, desired, you know, um, and nurturing. Um, I never felt threatened in any way by anybody touching me in, you know, in my childhood. Mm-hmm. So it starts there. So when a child goes to school, uh, they, you know, if, if the school and the parents work together and say, it's okay to hug your friends, but always ask them first. And again, nobody touches anybody without permission. And it also ties into the idea of sex education. I don't know how, how old the two of you are, but again, in the 60s and 70s when I grew up, sex education was about don't get pregnant and don't get what they called back then venereal disease. They didn't even mm-hmm. call them STDs back then. Mm-hmm. It was nothing about the emotional component of intimacy. So I think if we talk about intimacy, it's not just about sex. 
It's about getting to know another human being and touch, nurturing touch by consent is part of that, even with children. Again, not about sex, not about touching somebody inappropriately. So I think if kids learn, if, you know, when my son was little, my son is 30 now, uh, we would have conversations about no means no, and not just for, for him, but if somebody wanted to touch him, uh, you know, as a teenager, as an adult, and he didn't want that touch, he had the right to say no as well. And he grew up to be a gentleman. His, his wife he got married in, in August, and his wife said two things that just blew me away. She said, thank you for raising the man of my dreams, which and what mother doesn't want to hear that? Right. And then the second was, he's a real gentleman. Wow. And I thought, wow. You know, I did that as a single mom. So, uh, but that's, that's where it starts is at home. That if when he was a kid or even as a teenager, when he didn't want hugs, I didn't force them on him. Right. I said, okay, when you're ready, I'm here. Even now, you know, I mean, he's a big bear of a guy, and he'll do like a one-armed hug sometimes, unless it's it's a real emotional moment. Um, but I don't even even as a, a man, mm-hmm. I don't say you got to hug your mom. <laughs> no. oh, if he wants to, he wants to, and if he doesn't, he doesn't. No, that's interesting. You say the one-arm hug is okay because I call that the discount hug, and mm-hmm. I don't go for the discount hug. You can either not hug me or hug mm-hmm. me, but the discount hug doesn't mm-hmm. work. So. I, yeah, I have a I have a nephew. His he's maybe was he thirteen now? So I think mm-hmm. he first gave me a discount hug. Maybe I don't know <laughs> two or three years ago, and I was like, "What's up with you in the discount?" Right? So 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 and yeah. and now he practically leaps into my yeah. arms, even um, at thirteen, which is awesome. However, in this discussion, I'm learning that sometimes. The discount is an expression of all people are mm-hmm. able to do in the moment. Yeah, I mean, I would much prefer big bear hugs. Both sometimes I'll say, "Come on, you know, you got more than that." But if he's in a cranky mood, I'd rather not, you know, have him press, you know, press. Sure. But I, sure. I think um, I think a lot of it, you know, as, and we'll talk a little bit more about this too about the. Um, the workshop that I teach called Cuddle Party, is that people take care of themselves. Mm. If somebody doesn't want to hug at all, um, I'll say thank you for taking care of yourself. Um, if somebody can only, you know, I sometimes demonstrate the different kind of hugs, you know, the bro hug, you know, the pat, pat, pat on the back hug. And, in fact, when a friend used to do that to me, um, I would say, the next time you pat me on the back, I'm going to belch on your shoulder. <laughs> so, <laughs> so he stops. So now he gives me the full, the full bear hug. Gotcha. Uh, but everybody hugs differently. Everybody's got different body comfort, different experiences about what it means, whatever kind of mood they're in. So I'm willing to accept what people can give in the moment. And maybe I can help them stretch beyond that if they want to. Okay. What's this about free hugs? (laughs) Oh, boy. Okay, well, I didn't start it. I don't remember how many years ago I heard about it, but there's a gentleman, I'm thinking in New Zealand, um, who called himself Juan Man, W, excuse me, J-U-A-N-M-A-N-N. Now, I don't know if that's his real name. I've heard that, that he based it on the concept of being one man. Hmm. But he had moved to, I think, again, New Zealand, was lonely and had some major life change. And he went out into the middle of town where he lived, and he held up a sign that said, Free Hugs. And for something like 20 minutes, nobody took him up on his offer. And then this one older woman um, who had, I think his dog had died or something, um, came up to him and reached up her arms. He, he, she was this tiny little thing. And he bent down to hug her. And then people started coming around him and hugging him. 
And he said, well, I've got something here that this loneliness, and I can't speak for him, but I'm remembering what I read, this loneliness is an epidemic. Mm-hmm. And when people hug, even in quote strangers, there's the sense of connection. So um, I've kind of been following what he was doing. And then Valentine's Day weekend, 2014, I took a group of a dozen friends to 30th Street Station, which is a big train station in Philly. And we did a free hug flash mob, um, where at an appointed time, um, a friend of ours started playing the song, Give a Little Bit. Mm. And we wandered around this train station offering hugs with our signs and all that. And in probably about an hour's time, we hugged a few hundred people. Wow. Uh, The most powerful part of it for me, and probably for everybody else that was there too, was this gentleman who was an Iraqi war vet. And he came up to us and he said, I'm the only survivor of my platoon, and I was suicidal until I met you people, and I join in too. I'm getting choked up as we're talking about it here. Um, So we gave him a sign, and he wandered around hugging people as well. And I thought, wow, if we could make that kind of difference just by our simple, physical, human presence, that we might have saved somebody's life. I I want more of this. So friends started calling us hug mobsters, you know, flash mob, hug mob. Mm -hmm. And I thought, ooh, mobsters, guns, drugs, uh, I don't Mm -hmm. think so. But I said, what about hug mobsters armed with love? So that's what we started calling ourselves. One of the one of the people um, in the group is an artist. And he he did a silk screening of a logo. Made it. You know, we made T-shirts. And then another friend who's a um, a designer made me um, a couple of signs, like a laminated, you know, heavy duty, can survive any storm, <laughs> and it has this kind of signs. So I carry those in my car. Um, so since then, oh, let me flash forward a couple months after that. That was that was February of 2014. In June of 2014, at the age of 55, I had a heart attack, mm. and um, I started for my cardiac rehab walking around the town here where I live, and I said, why don't I combine the two, because hugs are heart healthy, not just for our cardiac heart muscles, but for our emotional heart as well. Mm-hmm. So I started walking around town, created events every couple of months where I would ask friends to join in, and I figured if nobody else was there, I was going to do it myself. So I would stand on, I'd stand on the street corner where there's a Starbucks in my town, so everybody knows that area, and then I'd walk around town. So since then, I've done it at 30th Street Station again, um, in Philadelphia, in New York, in D.C., Phoenix Airport. Um, I did it at my polling place on Election Day, and a lot since Election Day. <laughs> uh, because when I hug people, I don't know who they voted for, right. and I'm hoping... That what I say to people is just be kind to each other, mm. nice to each other. And um, for my third cardioversary, which was last June, um, a dear friend who's a videographer followed me around South Street in Philadelphia, and she and I can send you the link to it if you want to see it. Um, she sent me, she videotaped me walking up and down the street hugging people, and a lot of people accepted hugs and some didn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I would say hug somebody, mm-hmm. even if you don't hug me, hug somebody. Um, I also do them at, at um, athletic events. I did my first 5K in September. It was called the Bubble Run. And we would walk, and I, I walked. I, I can't run. Um, I still get too winded still. But I walked the 5K, and we were dancing through these cascades of bubbles, and I had my sign with me. So it, it survived getting, you know, getting rain, bubbled and rained on. Um, so I hugged a lot of people there. Uh, so, is there a sign that you have do. all the time, or do you have a T-shirt that says "Free Hugs" or anything like that? 
No, I just have a sign. I have a hug mobsters armed with love sign. And um, also when I was in Portland last year, um, a friend made me a smaller sign that I could fit in my suitcase that says free hugs. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I do that. And I have, um, oh, uh, back in, what was it, October of 2016, before the election, um, two friends and I created this event called Hugs Across America. I don't know if you're, are you old enough to remember Hands Across America? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, okay. Well, this is sort of like that. Well, we thought about we would have people hug down the line all the way across the country, but we said, you know what? There are places in the country where there are no people. (laughs) They're out in the desert. We're not going to be able to make this continuous chain. So how about that day, that that 12-hour, 24-hour period? uh, I think it was October 16th of 2016. We just had people do hug events. So we estimated, these are friends that are out in San Francisco. We estimated that there were... 22 states or 20 or 22 cities that did this. Um, they're out in San Francisco. I'm in Philly. Um, people did it in D.C., in, in Portland. Um, in Ho- I have a friend in Hawaii that said she did it there, uh, all over the country. So that's another thing that we, you know, that we did. And there's a video for that, too, that I can, I can share with you. Um, but it's an ongoing thing. I do it spontaneously. I keep my signs in my car because I never know when I'm going to be called on to do it. Right. Oh, I was at the Women's March in Philly um, this year and last year. And then in my little town of Doylestown, we did one Women's March the next day. On, I think it was the 21st. So anytime there's an event like that, I just wander through with my sign. And it's, it's just remarkable what, what people will, will share with each other. Welcome to Frank Relationships. A show for you, my brethren, who, like me, are too young to be considered old and too old to be considered young. It's also for those of you who love and support us. We're here to provide weekly wisdom, conversation, and the information that will help create loving and flexible parents and partners. I'm Frank Love, and you can find me, my blog, and my various social media incarnations at franklove.com. If you're listening to the show on Blog Talk Radio, please follow us. And via iTunes, please subscribe so that you can effortlessly get the show each week. Also, if you're enjoying the show, and of course you are, please give us a favorable iTunes rating and please share it with your family and friends on your favorite social media platform. We're always looking for new social media friends, so please help us help our communities by spreading the word about the show. Greetings to my super-duper co-host, Nancy Goldring. Greetings, Frank. How are you? I am well, and yourself? I'm great. Awesome. I'm great. Awesome, awesome. Today's guest, known to many as Bliss Mistress, is a <laughs> certified cuddle party facilitator who's offered over 250 of them since 2005. During these parties, she provides a safe space for participants to make friends, create community, expand horizons, and allow oneself the freedom to do something outside the scope of a past experience. Some love it so much that they attend again and again. An optimistic who views life through the eyes of possibility, her creative career and spiritual paths has led her to become a writer, speaker, interface, interfaith minister, Reiki Reiki master, clown, greeting card text writer, and social worker. So if you, like me, want to know what skin hunger is, 
what in the time of Me Too, why touch by consent is so important? And what is oxytoxin? And why is it so important when it comes to touch? Then stay tuned as your frank relationship team talks with Mrs. and Reverend Edie Weinstein. Welcome to the show, Weinstein, excuse me. Thank you. I always make sure that pe- people, now especially, if people pronounce it correctly, <laughs> I'm not relating to Harvey in any way, thank you. <laughs> I'm really conscientious about that, thanks. thanks. Oh, um, why is the hugging important in terms of relationships? And yeah, yeah, what, in looking at it just past, and I mean romantic relationships, or we're past the people on the street, bring this home, literally, to the, mm-hmm. our our houses. Well, it's important, again, as, as we talked about the, the whole skin hunger idea, that when couples feel connected with each other, they feel close, um, touch is an important part of that. There are a lot of people, as I mentioned earlier, that didn't grow up with it, and one of two things happens. Either they, they crave it so much that they, they develop relationships with people who are touchy-feely, or they're so unaccustomed to it, or they've experienced abuse around touch that they have no idea how to touch in a way that doesn't feel invasive or that isn't sexual. You can't think about this. When, when we're teenagers, we're, you know, we're not taught, by the time we're teenagers, we're not usually taught how to have intimate emotional relationships that doesn't have to look sexual. Um, I don't know if you, are your children boys, girls, a mixture? All of that. <laughs> All of that, okay. Yeah. So when you're educating them, um, girl, and I hate to say girls in particular because our culture is set up this way, that we try to protect our daughters, um, to, to, you know, that we teach our daughters more, don't let somebody touch you in a way that you don't want to, but we don't teach our sons that. And, but I said I, I did with mine, mm-hmm. um, that touch as a teen doesn't have to be sexual. A lot of kids, boys and girls, will, in quotes, give themselves away to get nurturing touch. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was growing up, <clears throat> I was part of a youth group, and we'd do these like puppy pile, snuggle kind of things where there wasn't sex. I mean, it wasn't something the adults supervised, like, okay, guys, we're going to do this. But we just kind of did it naturally, and there, it, it wasn't sexual. It was this need for closeness with other people. Mm-hmm. So I think if couple, and I do couples counseling as well, I encourage couples, especially those that are in conflict, if they can, to sit close to each other in my office. Or um, if one of them is crying, um, not to just shove tissues at them, but to be of support physically because that kind of touch helps people feel cared about like they matter. Mm-hmm. So I think that's, that's important to bring that home. When I was growing up, nobody left the house without a hug or a kiss or an I love you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's a, an, an important family activity is, is that they know the kids know that home is a safe place. Okay. What's, what's in the news, Nancy? You got anything for me? Besides me too, with a t- yeah, with a cuddleist, let's not talk. About we don't want to. I mean, we could we could go into it as it pertains to the to show. To the show, right? Yeah, but sure. something else. Uh, something else. Uh, you ever heard of roaching? I'm scared to no. know what roaching is. Okay. Uh, what, what is it? <laughs> roaching occurs when a new partner hides the fact that they're dating around. That's so, roaching. Uh. And when they're confronted 
about it, they respond that there's no implication of monogamy to begin with. So the name roaching comes mm. from the idea that when you see one cockroach, there are more that you don't see. <laughs> oh my goodness, I gotta look that up. There's an article in that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. In my yeah, day, in my day, that um, was called Thursday. Why? Why was Thursday yeah. significant? Or Monday? Yeah, it's just another week. day. Oh. <laughs> oh. Nancy, you. Oh uh, my. In my day, gosh. women had a sense of humor. <laughs> <too>. <laughs> That day is gone. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> and y'all are the same age. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be surprised what a couple of years can do. <laughs> Let me tell you. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So, Woody, do you have anything to say about roaching, Nancy? Or or Edie? Yeah, yeah. I've, I, oh, God, Nancy, if, if you have something, you can share yes. first. You're, you're the host. The floor host. is yours, Edie. Okay. Um, I have friends that are consider themselves polyamorous. Mm-hmm. Um, for those that don't know, polyamory is I've heard it described as conscious non-monogamy, not cheating, not you know sleeping around, not swinging. Um, and one of the the tenets, one of the values that friends who live that lifestyle believe in is full disclosure. <clears throat> so that if you are in a primary relationship, and I have some some friends who who are polyamorous who are legally married to the partners but have more than one other partner. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's by full consent, full awareness, um, practicing safer sex, being totally open about, I'm interested in this other person. They don't necessarily have to all know each other, but they need to know of each other. Mm-hmm. So that, that's been something that, and it doesn't mean that people don't get jealous. doesn't mean that people aren't a little missed, like, mm-hmm, you know, I want a time with you. Right. But it's all out in the open. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I, I, I've written about the experiences, you know, as well. Um, but I will, I will look up roaching. I guess I've never heard that term. Before. Yeah, I, I had never heard of it either before I saw whatever yeah. I saw. I don't even remember where it came from. I'm mm-hmm. trying to get to the name roaching comes from the idea that when you see one cockroach, there are many more <laughs> that you don't see. Is does this mean that this kind of activity is just one thing that your partner's doing that you're probably not going to like, and there are probably other things, or that there are lots of other people doing this? When you see... W- I, I would say all of the above. But, and not, not to not answer your question, no. Nancy, but to Edie, do you experience, I guess the word jealousy would be the most striking one, there might be people who are in need of a hug, of comfort, of personal touch, mm-hmm. but their significant other views that as a threat and doesn't want that person mm-hmm. to have that intimacy, as innocent as it might be, with anyone mm-hmm. else. To ha- wh- how do you deal with that? Well, uh, a couple things about that, um, and, and it pertains to cuddle party. Uh, there are people that come to them, and I'll explain more about what the workshop is, in a moment, but um, there are people that come to cuddle party who have partners who are not able to offer that kind of touch themselves, who aren't very physically close and intimate, who encourage their partners to come to cuddle party because they know that it's a place where they're not going to be sexually intimate with other people, but they're going to get the touch needs met. On the flip side, if somebody is uncomfortable with their partner touching someone else, I would have them take a look at what they're, they're afraid of. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, is touch for that first partner only or primarily about sex? And are they afraid that if their partner touches someone else emotionally, intimately, not sexually intimately, 
that they're going to lose them. And then um, I also encourage them to set boundaries. When people come to cuddle party, I encourage them to um, talk to their partners in advance, let them know they're coming, and to have them agree on what kind of touch they're comfortable with. For example, if it's a heterosexual couple and the woman attends and the man doesn't, they may agree, I'm only going to cuddle with other women because that doesn't feel like a threat to you. Or uh, if I'm going to have a man touch me, it's only going to be to massage my shoulders Mm -hmm. or hold my hand. So really specific agreements is what what I would encourage couples to have before coming to the party. And sometimes couples attend together and they snuggle with or massage with other people in the presence of their partner. Um, um, so that's one of the cuddle party rules is stick to your relationship agreements at a cuddle party. I'm getting that cuddling includes or it can include massaging. Is that right? Yeah. Yep. It, yep but not. Oh, go ahead. Describe, describe what cuddling looks like includes. Like bring us up to speed on what it means okay. to you. Okay. Well, first, just to put a little framework about it. Cuddle Party was created in 2004. And I became a certified facilitator in 2006. And um, there's something like at least 150 of us around the world. And it's a really extensive process um, that involves a workshop, involves uh, phone contact over a three- to six-month period, like regular phone calls. Um, it involves we had to be certified in first aid and CPR. Um, not that it was ever needed. You know, nobody gets injured at the cuddle mm-hmm. party, but um, the creators wanted people to know that we were serious about creating this workshop. Um, so I've been doing it, as I said, since 2000. I was certified in 2006. But my training started in 2005. And as of now, I've done probably close to 300. I have to update my, my description. 300 of them, um, mostly in the Philadelphia area and then down in the D.C. area because I have community in both both areas. So at the workshop, we start out with what's called the welcome circle. And people, once the welcome circle starts, the doors get shut. Nobody new can come in. Anybody can leave anytime they want. Um, it's not like Hotel California, you know, that, that you can never leave. Mm-hmm. But people can only come in before the welcome circle starts because it's where we create the safe container where we talk about confidentiality, um, that who you see here, what is said here, when you leave here, let it stay here. Because there are some people whose families, friends, coworkers wouldn't understand why anybody would come to this workshop, even though it's non-sexual, even though nobody gets naked. It's not an orgy. Uh, it's, a, you know, it's a safe space to, I call it a lab setting where people get to experiment with their feelings about touch. So we go over the rules of cuddling, and they're on the Cuddle Party website, cuddleparty.com. And the first is, this is a non-sexual event. The way we make sure it stays non-sexual, nobody gets naked. And then what I also add is no touch with the intent to arouse. Mm -hmm. You know that people get turned on. Mm -hmm. And in a setting like this, it's going to happen. But what we tell people is, can't do nothing about it here. If, you know, what consenting adults do once they leave the workshop is between them. But in this setting, nobody touches anybody with an intent to arouse. And we, you know, we're taught that if you get turned on, you do something about it. And you know, in our culture, I, I don't remember when I came up with this, but for, for a lot of people, sex is about get it on, get it up, get it in, get it off, get it out. And in Cuddle Party, 
that's not it at all. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about getting healthy touch needs met. So the welcome circle consists of going over the rules of cuddling, doing some icebreaker exercises, so people get to know each other. Because when, when you walk in the door, some of these people are strangers. And this is, it's not just, okay, everybody jump in the water together. It's let's get to know each other as human beings, and then, then the, um, the healthy touch, which, again, could include snuggling, massaging, um, spooning. You know what spooning is, right? Absolutely. You've heard that term before. Well, yeah. would you define but it for the listening know. audience? For those who do, well, yeah. let, let the listeners know what it is. Okay. Yeah. For, um, it's, you know, lying front to back with somebody like spoons in a drawer. Mm-hmm. Um, and <clears throat> excuse me, that, that could be part of it. But every single step of the way, even if you go there with someone you know, even if it's your best bud, your partner, um, husband, wife, whoever. And again, this is all for adults, by the way. You have to be 18 to attend. Mm-hmm. Um, and you come dressed in either PJ, sweats, or yoga clothes, comfy, you know, comfy clothes. But you can't touch anybody without verbal consent. So if the two of you were there together, you would have to say, Nancy, can I put my hand on your shoulder? And she'd have to say yes. Silence means no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Or nodding your head means no. That's not permission. Um, so once you put your hand on her shoulder, you couldn't let your hand wander down her arm. You would say, Nancy, can I hold your hand? And I know it seems really silly to ask every step of the way, but it's good practice. Mm-hmm. So that's what it, and, and then people could say, here's the kind of touch I like. Here's the kind of touch I don't like. Um, you know, so if you're massaging, if you're massaging somebody and they say, I really like deep massage, but tickling makes me want to jump out of my skin. Don't tickle them. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. So it's, it's about asking for what you want, saying no to what you don't want, saying yes to what you do want, um, stretching a little bit, um, sort of like in yoga, we talk about the idea of going to your edge, mm-hmm. but don't stretch too much further because you're going to get hurt. Mm-hmm. Same thing with cuddle party. I encourage people to go to your edge and then maybe experiment a little more, but you can always step back if you're not comfortable with it. So it's a lot about verbal communication, not just physical touch. What about skin to skin? Because as I as I mentioned earlier, I love being touched and and hugged and touched are not the same, at least right. to my satisfaction. Yeah. Um, yeah. How, do, how does the skin to skin and it could be holding hands or whatever. Yeah. Just yep. how does that come into hands, play? Yeah, to be. I mean, what we tell people is in terms of how they dress, more flannel, less lace. So it's not lingerie pajamas. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, comfy, cozy pajamas. And some people are barefoot, so they may touch each other, you know, foot to foot, um, holding hands. If somebody's arms are bare, they might want their arms massaged. Um, I love getting my head massaged. Um, Some people like their faces touched, some don't. Mm -hmm. Um, So skin that's not covered by clothes is is what gets touched. Mm -hmm. What I tell people is no hands under clothes. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, so absolutely skin to skin is fine as long as both people are comfortable with it. My daughters, they they'll come up to me and say, "Can I do your hair?" And I'm uh, like, "Yes, absolutely." Yeah. <laughs> While I'm watching television, and that could be uh-huh. that could be yeah. the end of that television show for me because it'll Cause knock you I'll out. Be, well, it's so uh, relaxing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. Um, and I have very short hair. Um, he does too. <laughs> he does. Oh, okay. <laughs> so yeah, but it's whatever you like. And think about this too: that most people have a hard time saying yes to what they want. Like if somebody offers you something, sometimes, oh, no, 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 I can't accept that. But at cuddle party, you get to. 
if somebody, if, if you like getting your head, you know, your head massage and somebody's willing to do it, you can ask. You say, I would really love to get my head massaged. Who's in? <laughs> you know, or you can ask a specific person. Mm-hmm. And if that person says no, then you move on to somebody else and ask them. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, a, it's just an amazing opportunity to get. That's why people come back is if they get those needs, needs met in ways that they wouldn't in their daily lives. And they're just happier people. I mean, I've been doing this, as I said, since 2005, and I've had people, I, I, again, without breaking confidentiality, um, there was a, a Marine that used to come to my cuddle parties several years ago, and then I lost touch with him, and then a couple months ago he showed up again. And it was just absolutely amazing to see, I mean, this guy is, you know, wonderful, does a wonderful massage. Um, young guy, initially, I mean, he's probably in his 30s now. He was in his 20s when he first started coming. And that tells me that people from all walks of life need this. And, you know, I call him the cuddly marine. And there are people that are, I mean, this is, this is another aspect of it, that people say, ooh, icky strangers, who wants to cuddle with strangers? And I would say, look around this room. You're going to see people, the kind of folks that you meet in a supermarket, supermarket checkout line. There are no icky strangers here. And there are, you know, parents, teachers, students, adult students, um, doctors, nurses, um, blue-collar workers, and, you know, people from all walks of life that come to Cuddle Party. And the one thing they have in common is that they, they're they human and they need love. Mm-hmm. And they're not, you know, lonely hearts, isolated people. Some of them have families. Some don't. Some live alone. Some are in relationship. Um, some are polyamorous. Um, people all, I mean... People of all walks of life come to color party. Have you ever heard of there? There's a biblical something or another where you wash people's feet. Yeah, well, that was on um, the the week before Christ died, Monday Thursday. Uh, there's a ritual where he washed the disciples' feet. Okay. So I don't know if it's based on that, but I don't know if you. And I remember many years ago. Um, at an interfaith community that I was a part of, we actually did a foot washing ritual, mm-hmm. and it was really nurturing. It was honoring, mm-hmm. and so I haven't incorporated that into cuddle party, but that would be kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Right. That'd be interesting to do a foot washing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of ironic because after the show today, Frank's going to wash my feet and Nancy's <laughs> going to rub my head. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to ask them, and they got to say yes. Thank um, you, so Edie, for that small <laughs> detail. <laughs> We know he's lying because he's got somewhere to go. Yeah. <laughs> That's lucky for he us, I'm sure. He, yeah, he doesn't even expect that. He's got to get out of here. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm, I'm thinking as I'm listening to you, a uh, few weeks ago we had, we did a, what's in the news as it relates to relationships, and you asked the question, you had read a story about a woman breaking up with her boyfriend because he tickled her. Mm. And wouldn't stop. And w- yeah, well, yeah. then he right. tickled her. Period. Yeah, yeah. And I'm listening to Edie saying, "Oh man!" And, and and in that moment when we were talking about it, Edie, I thought it was kind of like, isn't that a little intense? And yet, I am not a person who wants my shoulders massaged. I'm not mm-hmm. into massage unless I literally go and get one. I'm not interested yeah. in being massaged. So, and yet, I didn't hold that with the same level of importance of someone mm-hmm. who wouldn't want to be tickled but would want to yeah. be massaged mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, yeah so this yeah, boundaries I mean, thing yeah. is really you know in preference mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Well, you think about how little kids are, are tickled, like their brothers or sisters will tickle them until they pee or until they, you know, until they scream at them. And again, my take is nobody should be touched in any way that they don't want to um, because of their bodies. When I do the free hugs trolls um, and there's a child there, I'll say to the parent, if it's okay with your child, can I hug your child? And if the parent says yes and the child says no, it's no. And I use that as a teaching moment to tell the parent, nobody should be touching your child without their permission, especially a stranger, um, you know, because kids don't learn to trust their spidey sense. If they say, oh, go hug aunt so-and-so, if they don't want to. So I didn't like being tickled when I was a kid. Um, I don't really, I mean, I, I like it now if I'm, if I get to say stop and the person stops. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'd break up with somebody if they tickled me, but I would seriously consider their... Um, but I didn't trust them if I said no the first time and they kept doing it. It's like any kind of touch. So, yeah. Is there a hold harmless agreement? Is there some kind of, (laughs) you know, written contract that people sign when they first come so that nobody leaves and says that guy mauled me or he was inappropriate? We we have used that. Yep. We have have used um, waivers when people come in. And then part of the welcome circle that I always incorporate. Now, we, there's a script, but I add to it, is that look around the room here. I have no idea what issues, what traumas, what history anybody is walking in with. And there are trauma survivors <clears throat> that come to Cuddle Party. Um, so I say, please be kind to each other. Please treat each other the way you would want to be treated. And I have never had anybody take advantage in, oh, again, over 300 cuddle parties um and i also one of the safeguards that i put into it is that i is that i say be in touch with me afterwards you all have my email address be in touch with me if issues come up now it's not therapy i am a therapist but it's not therapy but it does have therapeutic value um i could tell you one one story um where a trauma survivor had come to one of my cuddle parties many years ago and in the very beginning she said um, I'm an incest survivor, and I came to this to be able to heal. I may not stay the whole time. Please don't be offended if I leave. And I said to her, you know, thank you for taking care of yourself. You can sit next to me the entire time. We can talk. I mean, I have to keep an eye on the room, sure. but we can talk, and you don't have to touch anybody. Nobody touches you without your permission. So she said, okay, I'll stay. Um, a few minutes later, she made a request. She said, is there a man? Because I do Texas swing dance for fun. Is there a man here who'd be willing to stand with me and sway back and forth and hold me for a few minutes? And this one man did. And she said, okay, I'll stay for the whole thing. And she was right in the puppy pile with everybody. And the facilitators, I can't speak for anybody but myself, but those whose cuddle parties I've attended as a participant have created a really safe space for people. And um, we encourage people, if they want, to stay in touch with each other because of creating a sense of community. And what we say is by the end of the workshop, these aren't, these aren't strangers anymore. I oh. call it family of choice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Excuse me. And people tend to um, stay in touch with each other and create friendships and sometimes romantic relationships, but they learn how to have healthier relationships as a result of taking this workshop. Safe space isn't always politically correct. Um, what would you, or, or in fact, have you had to deal with someone coming and say, 
saying to you, I don't want anybody, I don't want any black people touching me or, or uh, any homosexuals. And I, before you answer that, I want to say, I'll throw myself out there and say, if that were the case, if I were in your position, I wouldn't have a problem with that because a person is only where they are and we're trying to mm-hmm. facilitate, you know, hugging growth. And, yeah. and growth. Yeah. And if they, you know, they only comfortable with what they're comfortable with yeah. today and maybe that'll grow. So is that something you've had to deal with? Mm-hmm. Well, in some ways I have. In the very beginning, a lot of heterosexual men would say, is there gender balance? Will there be enough women for me to cuddle with? And in the beginning I was really concerned about it and I would try to, because initially men usually sign up before women do. Um, so in the beginning I, I try the gender balance. So if there were 20, if there were 25 people there, then maybe I try to make sure there were 12 and 12 and, and whatever the extra person is. And I would tell them first of all, it's not about sex. It's not you know so and this is not a hookup. It's not a dating service. Um, you know, it's it's an opportunity. And I would say a cuddly body is a cuddly body. Now I don't care at all. And there are transgender people that come. You know, they're you know all all across the relationship spectrum, all across the gender identity spectrum, all across the sexual experience spectrum. Straight people, gay people, poly people, monogamous people, all different ages. I've had as young as 18 and as old as in their 80s. Um, nobody has ever said, um, "I don't want somebody of that color touching me." I don't think anybody would be brazen enough, even if they felt that way, to say that in that kind of setting. Um, there are people, there were, there were, again, straight men that would say, I'm only comfortable cuddling with women. And sometimes they move past that. Mm-hmm. That's probably about as politically incorrect as somebody might get. What about <laughs> big tatas? Like what about what? <laughs> what yeah, about big tatas? <laughs> no, okay. We talked about that too. Um, that if somebody considers touching someone's breast is a sexual act, then we say, no, you know, it's, it's probably safer not to. No, no, um, no. I don't mean, I don't, what you mean? no, I mean more like just, there's a, their big breasts can be associated with comfort. Oh, and just oh. and when you're held or hugged and that gotcha. sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. I thought you meant like touching, like hand touching, <laughs> caressing a woman's breast. But you meant putting your hand, putting your head, resting your head on someone's breast. Exactly. Is that what you mean? Oh yeah, that's fine, as long as both people are okay with it. Mm-hmm. So you that's can all. have people like, that are cutting. I lay my head on your chest. So and, yeah, and if, and if the woman says yes, then it's fine. Mm-hmm. Okay, so yeah. the full body. Uh, yeah. Cuddle oh, yeah. is fine if the woman yeah. is fine with it. Or both. If, if, if both parties have to be fine with it. Okay. And people often, and, and, we, and we address this too, you know, we say, what, you know, what about erections? You know, are men going to get erections? And the, the line that we use is women get them too, they're just smaller. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> because women get turned on. Sure. But again, it's not about, it's not about doing anything about it. Not only... I mean, you can't in the cuddle party. You can't do anything about it. If it's too uncomfortable, if you're getting too turned on, you can excuse yourself from your partner. And say, okay, I need to move on now. I need to go get a snack. You know, because we have we have snacks there, and, and you know, people it's like potluck. People bring food to share, um, so they can excuse themselves until they're able to um, feel more comfortable in their own bodies to go back into cuddling. Um, but yeah, I, although the ir- ironic thing is, probably in all the years I've done it, I've only witnessed a couple of erections. 
and then the men just settle themselves back down and they're and they're fine. And what they're are you paying attention to? An election, but it might be embarrassing for him. Um, and 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 after a while, it's okay, no big deal. Uh, what is where is your attention where you can see these erections? Where's my attention? Where I'm kind of walking are? around the room, or I'm lying down, or I'm, I'm watching. Just kind of keeping, because as a facilitator, I got to keep an eye on everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, back in the beginning, they used to call us lifeguards, mm-hmm. like keep, like cuddle lifeguards, mm-hmm. <clears throat> because people are diving, pretty, you know, the pretty deep end of the pool for some of them. So yeah, so there's sometimes when I can, you know, kind of walking around, I'm like, oh, that's interesting, you know. Uh, but again, it's not like being a voyeur or anything. <laughs> but I just have to keep an eye on, you know, on folks. Now, what kind of things do you find you yourself interceding with at a color party? Um, once I had an experience where um, a man had touched a woman's breast, and she looked like a deer caught in a headlight. So I went over there, and I said, are you okay? Like, he had his hand kind of lying on the breast. He wasn't massaging her or anything. He had his hand lying on her breast. And I walked over to her, to them, and I kind of plopped down next to them. Are you guys doing Okay. And she didn't say anything. And I said, would you like him to move his hand? And she nodded. So I said, please move your hand. Mm-hmm. That, you know, so I interceded there. And then afterwards, um, I processed with both of them. And what he had said was she was okay with it. I said, well, you know, it's, it's their nonverbal cues, too. Even if she said yes, it turned out that she was uncomfortable saying no. Um, and I said, kind of use your, you know, your sense that if somebody is uncomfortable, kind of pick up on that if you can. Mm-hmm. But that's the only time I ever needed to um, – oh, no, no, there was one other time um, where a woman kept questioning the rules. Like, why do we have to do it this way? Why do we have to do that? you know? And I said, because of the rules. Rules make people feel safe. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're not able to follow the rules, then I'm going to have to ask you to leave. And she didn't. She stayed. Um, and it, but it wasn't the most, and this is when I was very new. And then she so invited you to be on the Frank Relationships <laughs> radio yeah. show. You know what? Now, the, now the thing I, I don't want to like kind of gloss over as I completely ignore my co-host <laughs> in this moment is that she didn't feel comfortable saying no. She said yeah. yes because she didn't feel comfortable saying no. And this, I and so even in a situation where communication is encouraged, you have someone who's hoping you get the message, even though they aren't comfortable, right. as you would say, taking care of themselves. Right, and that's why I, as a facilitator, intervene. When I keep an eye on the room, I have to see, I have to look at people's verbal, nonverbal interactions with each other, and part of the the teaching. The, you know, the welcome circle is, this, again, this is a way of practicing what we need to take care of in our daily lives outside the cuddle party. How many times have, have any of us said yes when we really wanted to say no, but we didn't want to disappoint anybody? We didn't want to feel like we were turning somebody down. We didn't want to make anybody feel bad. So we said yes when we really wanted to say no. Um, you know, what we say is saying no doesn't mean you're a terrible, horrible person. Hearing no doesn't mean you're a loser. It just means no. And we also talk about the idea of it being good information. Like if some, if you were giving someone directions to get somewhere and they asked you, if I turn left, will I get to such and such a place? And you tell them yes, 
when it's really no, they, you're going to send them in the wrong direction. Same thing with relationship guidance. If you're telling somebody yes when you really mean no, then they're going to accept that you're telling them your truth. Mm. So we tell them it's okay to say no. In fact, if you have a hard time saying no, say no to everything here today. Let <laughs> that be your takeaway. Mm-hmm. Let that be your growing like edge no. kind of thing. Huh. That just opens up a real <laughs> fascinating can of worms because then yeah. I'm thinking as you debriefed with them, processed them, the question becomes, especially for the man, I'm sure, he's going with the answer he wanted. So he right. said, well, she said yes. So you're saying right. that there's a kind of inner integrity that had him know that though she said yes, she really wasn't ready for that. And yet he took right. advantage of the fact that she wasn't able to say no. Did and he then take the advantage Well, of that's it? what I'm getting to. The question then becomes whose responsibility was that? Right. Everybody. Right. However. Yeah, it is every, yeah, right. Well, yeah, it's everybody's responsibility. However, when I hear you say he took advantage, you're putting it more on him. Well, hold on. Edie's saying that in this kind of a situation, if I say I'm cool with something that maybe I'm not entirely cool with, then let's play a game and say he could sense that she wasn't entirely cool with it, and he did it anyway. What do you call that if it's not taking advantage? But that's playing the game of saying that he sensed it. We don't know that he sensed it. You're just you're you're drawing uh you're make you're drawing a conclusion. Okay, so let me say this to you. Uh, Monday night we had a conversation with Sasha Kova, mm-hmm. and Sasha talked about the integrity of the body extends beyond that of the mind, and that if you're in your body, you could not violate another person because the integrity and the wisdom of the body would not allow it. Mm-hmm. So then I get what you're saying that he. Uh, he wasn't able to discern Mm -hmm. that though she said yes, she didn't really mean yes. Mm -hmm. It's possible. Yes, yes. And yet, between this conversation and that, I'm willing to adjust the language called he took advantage. What? I'm just like he's a grown man. I'm thinking she's a grown woman and she's not in a place... And we can say that people use cuddle parties for as an opportunity to heal these kinds of things. Yep. And like yep. you said, how about using this as a uh, chance to say no to everything? Mm-hmm. Because no, yeah. saying no is your problem, mm-hmm. right? And maybe mm-hmm. she didn't even get the depth of at, at which saying no was her issue mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. And yet... Um, uh, I I don't want to. I definitely don't want to say men know or women know or anything like that because that isn't accurate. Mm-hmm. And like I said, between these two conversations, it's a little difficult for me not to say he. I don't even know another word to say other than he. Uh, he used the fact that she, well, he didn't, let's say he didn't know. Mm-hmm. And she says. And he wasn't in and his he body. he wasn't like in his body, right? <laughs> He's not in mm-hmm. his body. He doesn't know that 
that yes, this is what's killer. Yes doesn't mm-hmm. always mean yes. Mm-hmm. And the argument, <laughs> well, the argument, now you opening up a bigger can of worms, which says <laughs> no may not always mean no. Well, we right. understand that. That's yeah. that's a fork yeah. that we know that from eons, right? I, I don't but think the, we do. Well, because we're hearing it all the time. Well, we're saying no means no, but if yes doesn't mean yes, I mean it's just it's a deep conversation. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And, and, here's something to add to it um, that we talk about the idea that only hell yes means yes. <laughs> if it's a lukewarm yes, then it's not. Eh, you know. mm-hmm. And that we encourage people, I encourage participants check in with themselves, check in with their partner. Are you still comfortable with this? Mm-hmm. Do we need to shift positions? Mm-hmm. Do we need to, you know, do we need to move? Do you need to move on? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so as I become more aware of, of that whole conversation about what people are comfortable with, I encourage them, don't you, you know, you're not just snuggling together with another body. You're snuggling with a human being with a whole complex series of, of beliefs about touch, beliefs about their bodies, beliefs about what consent means. Um, there's a, a wonderful video that you can look up. It's um, Tea and Consent. Have you seen it? Are you familiar with it? No. Tea as in drinking tea? Tea, tea is drinking tea, yep. Okay. Um, tea and tea consent. consent YouTube video. Okay. It talks about the idea that if somebody asks you to make them a cup of tea, you make them a cup of tea and they drink it. Just because they asked you for tea today doesn't mean they want tea tomorrow. Right. And um, if they start drinking the tea and say, you know what, this is good, but I'm done for now. Mm-hmm. I don't want any more tea. Don't make them drink the tea. Mm-hmm. If somebody is unconscious, unconscious people don't need tea. Don't mm-hmm. give them tea. If somebody is intoxicated and they, you know, they pass out, don't make them tea. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you get the, you get the drift, right? Something you um, said that, something you said rings, rings, uh, it reminds me of a recent incident. I was talking to my wife. And I asked her, did she want to do something? And I don't even remember what it was. And she said, that's fine. And mm-hmm. I was, I said, well, if it's just fine, then as far as I'm concerned, the answer is no. And, um, right. you know, we're not going to, I'm not going to yeah. do that. And yeah. Yeah. She, she came back with, no, actually, I want you to do that. And okay. that was, <laughs> that, that opened me up. Because, mm-hmm. uh, like you said, if it's not hell yes, then it's yeah. no. And and yeah. and I can relate to that. That and so the yeah. what I was talking about the the yes whether yes means yes no means no that doesn't mean at all that I am a proponent of of playing the line. It oh, just means okay. no, that, I didn't get that. You know, it just means that some people don't get that, and it's not mm-hmm. fair to say that they're be they're taking advantage of something or mm-hmm. they or condemn them or whatever have you. Sure. Uh, yeah. You're listening to Frank Relationships, and we're talking with what I call cuddle guru, Edie <laughs> Weinstein. Edie, please tell us what you're up to and how we can find you. Okay. Uh, I'm up to a lot of things. Uh, in addition to um, the cuddle party and the free hug thing, uh, I'm a lot, and this is a whole other subject, a laughter yoga, certified laughter yoga um, facilitator. So I teach people how to, how to use laughter as a gateway to a healthier, happier life. You can look that up at laughteryoga.org. Um, my website is optimistical, O-P-T-I hyphen, dot com, and that will tell you more about my work. Um, I'm always open to teaching, speaking, writing, 
all about relationships, sexuality, spirituality, addiction and recovery. I'm also an addictions therapist, um, grief, loss and grief, a uh, whole bunch of stuff. And the Cuddle Party website is cuddleparty.com. Uh, I don't have any schedule right now. I need to I need to get some on the schedule. Okay. Um, so I love being on the show. You guys are are phenomenal. I look. Where Where are you located? DC. You say, oh, okay. Well, yeah, you're uh, stomping well, we ground. Have to connect. Yeah, I'm going to be down there in a couple of weeks in Falls Church visiting friends. Great, but um, that's that's where I usually do them in Falls Church. Okay. Um, okay. So I would love to meet you. This would be marvelous. That'll be great. Let's do coffee yeah. or tea. Yeah, we or, we can yeah. do tea. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> with consent, absolutely. Absolutely. Let's get together and hug. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, Edie, I got to tell you this, like, one quick second. So when you sent me the response saying that you could do the show, you said hugs to you. And I wanted, it took everything I had not to write back and say squeezes, because that's what I typically (laughs) say to people. And I said, well, a squeeze might be inappropriate. (laughs) Oh, not at all. Not at all. I guess squeezes are good. Yeah, cool. Wonderful. I I tremendously look forward to it. If we get together, I'm going to bring my mean daughter. Who, who, which one is me? The youngest. Who, who, oh, you think she is? I mean, I think that she's the meanest of the crew. She's Aww. the most and, reserved, Stevie. I wouldn't call it clear. It'd be interesting yeah. to see if she hugs you. Yeah, yeah, that would be interesting. <laughs> Along today's journey, we've discussed the power of consent, free hugs, and skin hunger. Mm. Thank you to my co-host, Nancy. Thanks to Jeff Newman, my engineer, and thank you to my guests. Edie Weinstein. Weinstein. Stein. No, Wein- Stein. Weinstein. Stein. Weinstein. Why can't I get this <laughs> right? <laughs> All right? Forgive him. He doesn't know. He needs, needs no means no Stein. It's Stein. <laughs> Weinstein. Yeah. You have been great. Thank you. Thank you. I hope you've had as much fun as I've had hanging out with today's ensemble. As always, it's my wish for you to walk away from this conversation with a heaping helping of useful information that will help you create a relationship that's as loving and accepting as possible. I wonder what Jeff has in store for this. I'm scared. Some, something appropriate. Yeah. <laughs> Let us know what you thought of today's show at Facebook forward slash Relationship F Love, on Twitter at Mr. That's Mr. Frank Love, or at FrankLove.com. If you're listening via Blog Talk Radio, make sure you like us there. And via iTunes, make sure you subscribe so that you can receive each week's show. This is Frank Love. <laughs>